Hey guys, today on the podcast, we will be discussing how first responder organizations, Weatherford Fire Department, ESD1, and every fire department in the county has come together to train with us, PCHD EMS, as one unit to make patient care better. All right, guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of the PCHD EMS podcast. We're here with Dr. Northheim. Dr. Northheim, if you want to introduce our guests. Sure. We're here with um, the Parker County ESD-1 Assistant Chief, uh, Chief Pruitt. We're here with uh, two from Weatherford. We have uh, Chief Peacock and then Lieutenant Franklin. And so we're going to be talking today about um, kind of integrating fire departments with EMS structure. And I know it's um, kind of a, a topic that doesn't really apply to everyone, but, but certainly apply to us here in the county. And um, I guess I just want to talk about kind of, you know, the changes that have been made in the last year. And, and in my mind, uh, you know, if, if we're going to have a fire apparatus respond code to a call, um, they should be an active part of the patient care, um, obviously an active part of our training, our integration, our team. And so kind of start with uh, Chief Pruitt and kind of talk about, uh, you know, maybe the way things used to be and the way things are now. And the progression and, and certainly there's there's more work to be done and, and I think that um, over the past year uh, there's been several changes so we'll kind of start there and then um, love to get everyone's opinion on, on where we are now where we kind of came from and, and where we're gonna go yeah I think uh, prior to best EMS coming on and everything uh, the fire departments worked solely as uh, an ES ECA atmosphere um, just as first response, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of integration with uh, the hospital district and the fire departments. Um, uh, they kind of did their own thing and we did our own thing. Um, the relationships was there as far as uh, personalities on the street. Everybody uh, got along well with each other, but the formalized um, working relationship wasn't there. And that's come a long ways over the last year. What do you think the boundaries were? Do you think it was a, um, um, do you think there was a fear of potentially fire taking over EMS? Do you think that there was uh, potentially just, just, you know, the county is large, we're over 900 square miles, so was it, was it hard to get everyone trained to be on the same page? What, what do you think the boundaries were? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, uh, I think everybody was trying to stay in their own lane. Um, the, uh, the hospital district, uh, felt like they were ultimately responsible for the EMS response and um, the county as a whole. Um, the fire department, uh, in, in some cases, felt like they were solely responsible for fire response and uh, just the integration wasn't there and the conversations hadn't started yet at that time. Okay. Franklin, what have you seen uh, change? I mean, you've been out on the street. I know we've run a lot of calls together. What, what's kind of the opinion from the crews and uh, what's changed and what's become better for our patients in, in the county? Yeah, you know, everybody loves what's going on now, getting to see you on calls, uh, getting to do more things. I think I can agree with Chief here. For the last few years, especially prior to Best EMS, you know, it was, uh, we had a great relationship with everybody, but it was basically, hey, y'all good? Everybody's good? All right, we'll see you later. And nobody really cared about that. And, and now 
you know that we're, we're all training together, we're seeing each other more, we've got new protocols, we're doing cool things, guys are excited about it. The EMS crews want to see us. When we get there, guys don't want to just leave, they want to practice those new skills they just learned. So, you know, we're uh, probably 90, 85 to 90% uh, BLS responders. We're, we're an ALS responder organization, but most of our guys are EMTs. And, for them to increase their skill level and get to do some some cool things. I mean, the culture's really changed. Guys are excited about that. So tell us about your squad. You guys run a squad, which I think's um, <coughs> unique for a fire department. So tell us about that. We do, we have a squad. Uh, it's a quick response unit. It runs out of station one. It's got two firefighters on it. And, uh, you know, the they run to everything, uh, all the fire calls, but, you know, having those guys out there alone and getting to EMS calls quick and a lot of times beating the box, that's, uh, that's been a great thing for us. Okay. Chief Peacock, what are your thoughts? What have you seen? Uh, well, I, one of the interesting things uh, that I can say is that we all kind of touched base at one fire department one time through Azel Fire Department and uh, coming over in uh, 99, the only uh, fire departments in Parker County that ran ambulance was Mineral Wells and Azel, and so more progressive with the things that they did, but the rest of the county basically just like what Chief Pruitt said, operating more at an ECA level, so that was kind of a culture shock coming over, uh, and kind of what uh, Lieutenant Franklin alluded to is you had people that were paramedics or uh, MTIs at the time, um, having that desire to want to continue to practice skills but not having the ability to do to what was carried on the apparatus and stuff. So. Uh, as things begin to progress, and especially with uh, y'all coming on board, it has just been night and day. And, uh, you know, I always said, we, you know, if we compared to Tarrant County and the systems that operate there, we're now stepped up to that level and moving beyond. And so that, that's exciting, and to be able to expand uh, as we continue to kind of grow our budget and expand things to be able to do more. So what are some of the biggest challenges you guys are seeing? I mean, obviously, we've talked about documentation, adding ESO. Obviously, um, it's a big county. We have lots of apparatus. I think our other challenge, obviously, we have two of the larger departments in Parker County. We also have a lot of volunteer services. We have um, services that it's kind of tough to get everyone together. It's tough to train together. We're doing, I think, a good job with our supervisors going out and teaching. We did um, high-performance CPR throughout every single fire department and, and EMS here in Parker County within about six or seven weeks, which is a huge undertaking. Um, that, that was a big piece. But um, I think our biggest challenge has been how do we get everyone together to train together, right? Um, it's, it's tough mixing with fire training, EMS training, um, and just the size of the county. So uh, I think that's kind of our biggest thing going forward is, is how to make that work. Everyone has their own training schedules and different schedules and people out and, um, you know, different shifts, 24s, 48s. It makes it difficult. Um, and I think the other piece was, you know, exchanging of, of material, right? So if you guys use a Menezo cannula, how do we exchange that out? And I think that was a challenge before. I think that's that's gotten better. But um, what are what are some of the kind of challenges going forward, and how, how can we make those things um, work out? I think one of the basic challenges you kind of mentioned when you first started on that segment, um, again, comparing to an agency that runs an ambulance, your report writing is usually just fantastic and with agencies that don't run that and coming from kind of that um, well the ambulance was on scene so your reports minimum and then taking them from that culture and teaching them that how important the report writing is and how what a role it plays in now but not just now but possibly years later and uh, strengthening that up because that's that's important but also the feedback that we get from your organization as well uh, how we did on the call um, 
hey, let's talk about this particular report. Those are key fundamental things that bring accountability to all levels. And I'm, I'm excited about that part as we continue to grow that out. What are you guys seeing with the code stat reports? We've kind of gotten those up and running. I know our crews get it back, and we're trying to get Nathan to get it out to, to the first responding entities as well. Are those helpful to see how the CPR came together? I know we're getting to the point where um, your life packs will be able to stay on the patient so we can download the code stat data. But how's, how's that looking at the dinner table or when we present it to crews? I've seen a big morale boost uh, from our staff. Um, Life Care has been sending those reports to us. Um, I'm able to transfer that data uh, to the specific duty crew that was on, um, let them know, you know, uh, the outcome of the patient, um, what, you know, in, in that report says what was done good, what was done bad. It's an opportunity for the crews to sit at the kitchen table and talk about it. Um, and, and those guys seem to be taking that information and, and going forth and doing better on the next one. I was definitely going to say morale boost. You know, when we first started getting them, guys were like, oh, yeah, this is cool. You know, there's a lot of info in here. And now that we see them, guys can see, you know, the result from their hard work and, and see what changes they need to make and know that they, they provided a positive outcome. I mean, guys are pretty excited. It went from me sending them out to, you know, guys are asking me, hey, do you have any more? We ran the CPR. Where's our report? Right. Right. So I think, um, you know, our plan will be as more agencies get life pack monitors to, you know, have modems on them. So hopefully, you know, if Weatherford showed up first or ESD1 showed up, they put their monitor on. We keep that monitor on for the entirety of the CPR and that way we're able to download from the moment they get there. Um, prior to having the modems on the fire side, um, you know, we have to switch over to our monitor. So we're not really capturing those first few minutes when, you know, the first responders get there. But I think all the information in totality is important. Uh, we've also done a lot with saves out here so we've had um, our CPR saves and, and we have an airplane downstairs where people are actually signing seats as they survive so a um, lot more to do on the CPR front I think our high performance is terrific but it's a big county so we're working to work with our um, you know police partners to try to get more EDs try to get them to respond to more codes with us obviously more citizens more EDs um, out and about I had the opportunity to have the Weatherford mayor come out and ride out with me a few weeks ago which was great and it kind of you know fed his ear with some information on that um, I guess the other piece was, you know, being limited prior, it's, it's obviously a big change now to carry more EMS supplies, right, to talk about monitors are not cheap, ADs are not cheap, and so what's that been financially? I mean, before, you really didn't have a, a medical director fee, and we kind of worked together for a few years, right, and, and developed that because you felt it was a necessity, but I think the big thing now is, you know, EMS equipment's not, not cheap, and so... You know, I think for you guys, you're, you're, you're maybe on scene for a couple minutes before we get there out in the county. It could be a little bit longer. So you got to kind of find that happy medium where we're not carrying too much stuff and throwing it away or, or trading it back in, right? Um, how do you deal with that financially? I think uh, the cooperation with uh, the hospital district um, on the exchange program has been very helpful. Trying to get out ahead of uh, medications expiring. Um, you know, turn those in to the hospital district early so that they have the opportunity to use them. Um, as far as the cardiac monitors and all that, uh, we currently just carry um, AEDs with three lead capability. Um, it's something that we're looking into to start phasing in, you know, on our rescue apparatus or whatever, you know, cardiac monitors. Um, 
but life care's response has also increased over the the last couple two or three years uh, with more ambulances in the county uh, location you know positions that they're uh, placed in so we're not seeing the there are cases that we still have delayed responses or overwhelmed days, you know, that they're out of pocket, but it's not as often as it was, you know, five, ten years ago. You're not having to empty your bag on most calls. Right. I think yeah, the, right. the growth with the ambulance service has been critical uh, countywide. So with all this, like you said, with all the stations, because uh, there, there was times even in the city that it was a very long time when they're at level zero. And so... That's, as a fire chief now versus somebody on the line then, it's like it is a huge relief to know that that there the transport capability will be there uh, for the patients. And as well for PCHD, I mean, we have we just put our third Tahoe. Um, we also have a physician Tahoe on order, but we're going to have a physician here right now four days um, per month. It probably will be going up a little higher next fiscal year. But the Tahoe concept is really helpful for us because, I mean, to put – blood and plasma on every apparatus, to put butterfly ultrasounds in every apparatus, to kind of carry these extra above and beyond type um, um, items, obviously get expensive. And so to have a Tahoe free potentially when all the ambulances are out, right, that's, that's a big help. So um, do you guys see the positivity of having those Tahoes? And, and what do you think about having physicians wandering around the county? Has that been helpful? It's been well received on our end uh, in Weatherford, uh, and actually it's impressive to, when you see that when they show up. Uh, I, the, the, I feel like the crews like welcome that with open arms, plus also the, the almost the instant feedback that you can get when the scene's complete has been fantastic. So I've never been able to experience that outside of this agency, so to me that was like, hey, that's, that's amazing. That is something that needs to stay. I think that's a scary thing for a lot of agencies, especially on the fire side. Man, the doc's going to be around. Are they going to you know, take our skills? Are they going to be um, you know, writing us up? I mean, it, I think the, the collaboration that we have is great. I mean, I, I love running calls with, with all your crews and throughout the county, and I've gotten you know, to know them personally. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? I think the crews enjoy it. I mean, especially on more critical calls, kind of just once that's done, us being able to ask a few questions, maybe things we don't understand, uh, that's been helpful. I think the citizens enjoy it too. I, I don't know how many times I've heard on calls that y'all are there that I'll, I'll hear them kind of whispering in the background, hey, that's a doctor. Like, they're like, this, this is, they're doing something special out here. So uh, I, I think people are taking notice. Good. Good. I think the uh, not only the doctor, the supervisors responding more now has been helpful to keep crew integrity with the the fire engines, you know, back in place. Uh, so many times, uh, you know, we'd have to pluck a couple guys off of a fire apparatus to go, you know, to the hospital or whatever. Um, and we were doing that to uh, be good partners with each other and all that. But it did create some problems, you know, out there uh, when you got, you know, a fire engine out of service or whatever until they get back from the hospital. And with having those supervisors in place and or a doctor, you know, showing up, it is uh, really relieved um, some of the, the behind the scenes problems that happens. Right. And we also have a, within our medical control system, we have one phone number that any of the first responders, I mean, if they're caught on a call before we get there, or have a question. I know, um, you know, during COVID, we talked several times and the med control call will, will go to one of us first. And if we don't answer within 20 seconds, it bursts the other seven physicians within Best EMS. And so I think that's helpful, too. That's something that's always open for the crews when they're on a call. So you kind of have a, a safety net of an EMS physician to speak to, which which I think is um also another big positive. Um, 
where, where do you see us going in the next five years? Where, where, do we, where do we think we're gonna take this from here? I mean, this is kind of a start. We wanna prevent decay with our skill, but you know, where do we see this going in the next five years? I think the, the future is uh, you know, really gonna be exciting. I see our organization, we're already working with the hospital district, uh, putting ambulances in our, our fire stations, uh, working on one right now, a remodel on a fire station, so that'll be the first one. Uh, Silver Creek. Um, there's discussion about you know ambulances and a couple other of our stations and stuff. So I, I feel like the cooperation with the hospital district and fire service has really done uh, a 180 in the last couple of years. Uh, again, it never was an issue about um, getting along with them or anything. It's just uh, different entities, different supervisors, you know, uh, trying to come together and uh, work together as a team, and that is really. Uh, been the front point of everybody's conversation over the last couple of years, uh, especially with Best coming on. Um, everybody seems to be working well. So my vision is that we continue to work uh, well together, uh, foster good, healthy relationships, that training continues to uh, improve upon you know, over the next couple of years. And like medical equipment, supplies continue to be fostered. So I'm excited about what's, what's coming down the pipes. And it's, it's strongly obvious that it uh, looks like everybody has the common goal. Everybody's heading in the same direction, which is very nice. Uh, instead of each agency, like I said in the past, still trying to kind of, well, we want to do this, we want to do this. But this the way it's operating, it's like you can see a common push. And that, that is, that's refreshing. It's nice. Um, uh, see within our own agency, trying to expand uh, the skill set of all our frontline uh, crews. That's going to be important to grow so that we can provide more to the citizens in the field. I was on a uh, I was on a cardiac arrest last shift, and you know, working with one of the one of the ESD crews, and it was probably one of the smoothest interactions I've ever seen. And, and we just keep getting we just keep getting better. Um, we went from, I think, you know, five years ago where it was definitely two separate teams working on the same call to now, I mean, everybody can kind of fill in where they need to fill in. Everybody understands, hey, the booklet on the side of the monitor, like somebody's going to be holding that, counting time, reading off, like, hey, did we consider this? Did we consider this? Um, really, it was like we were all part of one team. And then we came back into the county after transporting um, we stopped by the fire station, picked up my Tahoe, and then just kind of like debriefed with the crews. And it was like, hey, this is what we maybe could have done better. But other than that, like, fantastic job. You know, kind of just, it really felt like we were all just part of one team. And, and we, while you said, you know, we got along five years ago, but now we're actually operating like one unit. And it's, it's been fantastic. I think a lot of that is based on the trust that's been built between the agencies. Um, you don't see that redundancy taking place of the crews there first, they do all this to start the patient care, and then you see it start all over. <coughs> that, uh, I'm not seeing. The trust is there, uh, so they respect the people that are there first, relaying the information, and they continue to just, just seamlessly move through the rest of patient care. So. No, I think the patient handoffs that I've witnessed have been terrific, and I think that's really come a long way. I mean, if you guys already have first set and a sugar and kind of know what we're doing and just passing the patient off, I mean, it saves us a lot of time. but. Yeah, I can see on the fire side that being very frustrating to, you know, do a bunch of work, respond, get up in the middle of the night and get to a call and then the EMS crew gets there and completely, you know, just bypasses all your information and starts over. That that could be very frustrating. 
I guess the last piece is is party dispatching. Um, I think we're very fortunate to have party dispatching here. Uh, we have what's called party three runs where just an ambulance goes, no lights, no sirens. Um, party two is where fire entity goes in an ambulance with lights and sirens and party one. Uh, is fire, ambulance, lights and sirens, then we typically send one of the three Tahoes with a critical care person on it or a physician. Uh, so I think that that's a big deal. Um, what, do you get, what are your thoughts of that? Obviously, we're in a day of age when um, trying to save fuel. Apparatuses are getting more expensive, right? Um, apparatuses break. And uh, getting the crew out of the station in the middle of the night, the safety of driving code, I think I think that's... A big piece and um, that's something that's certainly unique out here obviously it's directly dependent on your dispatch and what information you get and you know we, we're certainly continuing to kind of tweak the information and, and tweak the runs and in my mind a party one should be a true party one and so we're still we've done internal surveys just to see hey when you get there is it truly a one and and sometimes you know the crew felt it should have been a three right so we're continuously trying to tweak the dispatch pattern and and Raylan uh, is, is our dispatch coordinator now he's done a terrific job here kind of helping us he came from the MedStar system but how does that affect you guys as, as first responders um, on the fire side? If you're going to be dispatched uh, for a code response, you do want to ensure that it is a priority one so that you don't have any issues on the other end if it's not. Um, we're still always going to respond to our citizens and the needs of lift assist and things like that. That is, that's the normal. That's uh, part of our service. But uh, as the training continues to grow through all the dispatch systems and, and truly understanding what priority one truly, truly means uh, so that we're dispatched effectively. Yeah, I think uh, just to reiterate, I think as we continue to grow, um, and Raylan, you mentioned Raylan, I think I'm seeing Fire Alarm and uh, the hospital district, you know, Life Care Dispatch, um, enhance their capabilities. I think the big deal is the questions asked on the call taken, yes. and that's something that we're seeing, you know, on both sides uh, happen right now. Um, I think the surveys afterwards are very important. It's going to take another year or so to get us honed in where we need to be, but uh, it's definitely improved. So. so we are doing our QI on our dispatch side as well, so that it's a program through AJ and Lairdall where they really hone in on the CPR side as well. So they'll simulate CPR runs with our dispatchers. They'll also go back and review our runs. And we really see with the agencies that are using RQI and dispatch a, a significant improvement, not only of getting someone on the chest, recognize cardiac arrest, doing hands only, right? I mean, is the patient awake? No. Are they breathing effectively? No. Okay, get on the chest. We're not having a layperson check for a pulse. So I think that's really helped our dispatchers. And I think not only just helping my cardiac arrest runs, but all high acuity runs, right? Just trying to get down to the quick details. But as we know, you know, it's, it's a big county. Uh, people on cell phones, it's hard to ping where they're at. Sometimes they don't know where they're at. Um, sometimes in the county, I don't know where I'm at. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that's been a challenge, but I think adding our QI has been, has been a big piece as well. Any last minute thoughts? Any, anything else you guys want to add? I'm just overall, uh, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for all the changes. I'm excited about the future, uh, where we're all going to go as a county. And I, I think it's well overdue. And again, coming out of a different system as we all did, uh, I'm sure they had that same excitement of like, it's that feeling of like we want to be able to provide those services. We want to be where we believe we should be, and it's exciting to start that direction. Absolutely. I think being on the same page is, has been one of the biggest things. I mean, you, everybody just kind of did their own thing. Like you said, it was two separate crews on calls, and relationship was fine. But 
being on the same page is great and you know just continuing to get to do more stuff i think guys you guys have always been excited to run calls guys like going to ems calls but now they're really truly excited about being better at ems instead of just being good firemen i think everybody's goal now involves ems where that's you know before maybe it didn't right and i think i think we all kind of see the trend right i mean i think um we do more and more EMS, right? We have to be prepared for the fire. We have to pre be prepared for the trench, for the swift water, right? For the rescue, um, for the hazmat. But all in all, I mean, the majority of what we do is EMS, so we have to be good at that. And, and I think the thing that I try to tell all the crews is we have a 100% chance of interacting with a patient that we potentially could, you know, either help or do harm to on every single call. And and fire may not be that way. Certainly, I mean, we've, we've had them in the past where you guys have rescues, but those are few and far between in, in most fire departments. And so we have to be ready for everything, but I think having a strong EMS presence is, is really important. And uh, I think having open lines of communication. I mean, I think that um, in the past that may have been a challenge, I think now we have no problem either way picking up the phone and saying, hey, we want to do this skill, we want to add this. Obviously, all of your personnel are invited to our protocol review when we have it every couple of years and, and just bring us evidence-based stuff. Say, hey, we want to do this, we want to interact more, we want to carry these bags. And I think there's better both-sided communication so we can all work together for really for our citizens. I think Parker County is now a safer place to live. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one of the benefits has been if you encountered a problem on the scene is that if you try to follow up in – uh, get get to the bottom of it. It's like it just you didn't always have success with that. Now it's like everybody communicates and we can get those problems solved and improve our services. I think we have high expectations across all lines, which is really exciting for me and uh, Dr. Bertrand trying to trying to lead the uh, the ship here and trying to drive it in the right direction. So thank you all for coming today and uh, appreciate uh, giving us a few minutes of your busy yeah. busy day. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. This has been an episode of the PCHD EMS Podcast. Thank you for joining us.